Hey, Matt. Mark, you're back. You're looking so yeah. rejuvenated. Yes, I am. Are you feeling good? Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was a, it, it was a total success. Like awesome. the goal was to, to really relax, mm-hmm. and that's what we did. <laughs> Great. We relaxed. <laughs> yeah, the weather is, is amazing over there. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's like super hot in the sun, but it's not a humid sun like we're used to in Montreal, which yeah. is unbearable. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like when you're in the shade, it's super comfortable. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was great. And uh, like work-wise, um, it was great having Evergreen like okay. do the support because mm-hmm. I really was able to disconnect and uh, only checked like only check once a day. Great. And I brought my laptop and I only had to connect to my server like twice in f- in 10 days. Okay. And it was just a minor like investigation. Like, okay. I, I didn't have to, to work for any amount of time. Sure. That's great. So, yeah. So, I was, yeah, I was just reading and drinking pina coladas by the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was exactly what we needed to that's really great. disconnect and not think about work. And Man, that's so great. Yeah, it's good that you were able to do it. Um and that, you know, I think this is a testament of the support systems that you've been building, like Evergreen. They're handling all of that uh, first tier support um, and gives you the chance to do this. This is fantastic. It's a real Yeah, win. exactly. Because that's it. Like, you know, the past few years, my wife has, you know, always asked, like, should we go down south this year? Mm-hmm. And every time, like, I'd get almost an anxiety attack. Like, yeah. no way. There's no way I can go, like, d- down south. Like, do they have internet? <laughs> yeah just panicking and but uh but now like i felt no like i think i think we can do this now like like it's not as demanding as it used to be and uh and we made sure to find a resort that had good internet yep so i felt you know like baby steps okay yeah i could do this but now since it was so successful we'll definitely do it again fantastic cool i wish i would have i wish i could have gone i yeah man god damn it i want to go south so bad we should record an episode over there. Oh, that would be amazing. Maybe I could use that as a business expense. Oh, I had to go to <laughs> had to go to Mexico to record a podcast. Exactly. Got got to got to uh, deduct like a 10-day stay. I mean, it's pretty much halfway between Montreal and Victoria, right? Exactly. Yeah. Just duck down. <laughs> I'm bad at geography. <laughs> yeah. We were, yeah, we were thinking about, uh, we have some friends in Toronto and we were originally thinking we would do the same kind of trip to, um, to Mexico, to Cancun or something. But like being in Victoria right now, like we're so far away. It's a really long flight and all the flights are red eyes. So it's just, yeah, ugh, it's not fun. But, really? Yeah. Uh, I, w- I would think it'd be f- closer uh, to Mexico. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, to if you want to go to, like, West Coast, like, if you want to go to Cabo or something. But, like, okay. our we were originally thinking Cancun, uh, which is, yeah, extremely far away. Uh, but anyway, we're not going this year. Uh, maybe next year we'll do it up. Very good. So what have you been up to? Uh, I've been up to a few things. So first off, after our, our conversation last week about starting a subreddit, I did. So I started the render pass subreddit uh platform as a service p-a-p-a-a-s so render pass um i've been trying to make a bunch of posts there reddit uh gives you some tips of just like oh you know five posts in your first week 
10 posts, do a cross post, things like that to try to help you grow your subreddit. Um, we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm trying my best here, but I'm the only one in the in the place <laughs> trying to keep it up. Well, let me go join it now. Oh, there we go. <laughs> my first subscriber. Um, also, uh, moderator spam is a thing. So when you start a subreddit, people will DM you and be like, oh, I see that you started a subreddit. Maybe you want to partner on a cross post or X and Y. So yeah, quite actually, really? quite a lot of spam. Yeah. But they're not related to render at all. No, no. This was just somebody being like, oh, this is a person who's looking to start a community. Let me message them about using a product or doing a collab okay. or whatever. Subscribing to my OnlyFans or whatever. It's, it's, all the, it's all the same. Just irrelevant relevant junk um so that's good been trying to keep it up with one post it's like one post every other day ish something like that and and like i'm trying to make it all very small and they're all self posts maybe i link to render but i'm putting it dumping everything into the into the posts themselves okay yeah i have no idea like how do you grow a reddit subreddit Jeez, yeah it's a good question eh? not sure but uh if you don't do anything if you're not active let's say you only post it once a week like, are there rules? Like, will Reddit close it? No. Or? I, I will, okay. At least I don't think so. Um, yeah, I just kind of created commu- a set of community rules about self-promotion and a few other things. But yeah, I mean, I, I've certainly seen a lot of dead Reddits out there, uh, dead subreddits. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. Okay. So you could keep it alive, like just posting once a week or. Yeah. Yeah. Until you have other people that can post. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we'll see. Uh, I'll keep put. you know, it's a very easy bet for me to just drop a little bit of knowledge in there uh, once a week or something and, and see if people end up joining it at some point or discover it. Yeah. I, the discovery aspect is pretty hard. Yeah. I'm actually not a Reddit user. Like, <gasps> like I have an account, mm. but uh, like I, I, I don't even know how do you discover new subreddits? Like usually I would, I guess I would see it on Hacker News. Right. Uh. I wouldn't say I'm a Reddit user. Like, I'm a lurker. I, I do do a fair amount of lurking. But most of the subreddit discovery that I do is... Have you seen that tool, like, r- the related subreddits tool? No. You can... I'll send it to you. There, there's a... You can put in a subreddit, and as long as the subreddit is public, it will tell you where users of that subreddit are also posting. So it's a way of being like, oh, Matt is posting in art or people posting in art also post in painting, post in pottery and that sort of thing. So it shows you a graph of related subreddits according to the the subreddit that you feed it with, that you seed it it with. Um, So with a lot of the e-commerce research I've been doing, that's how I've been discovering related subreddits. Okay. Um, And like if you join the actual subreddits, then Reddit will also recommend other subreddits to you. Um, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad, but that has more to do with the, the subreddit itself. Like it's doing a fair job at recommending topics, which is really what you're, what you're looking for. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure I'm not using Reddit properly, but you know, it's fine for now. We'll just keep trying to build the subreddit up and see if I find people who are interested. Right. Exactly. If you can find a habit that keeps it, keeps it alive and keeps it the opportunity for it to be discovered. With low effort. Yep. So that's, you know, that's a step in the right direction. Just trying to keep that, make a small bet, sprinkle a little bit of time in the render pass subreddit. Um, other than that, I've been spending a lot more time in the e-commerce world. So continuing on that trend. So uh, the, the, so the guys that I've been working with, if I've mentioned before, they're both accountants by trade. So that's kind of their lens on how they solve 
these problems. They're like, oh, how can we take like an accounting spin on this? So it's very funny because like, I feel like in terms of concerns, like my concerns more match like a typical user because they're like, oh, we can do a book. We can, we can do accounting this way or we can manage the books this way. And I'm like, I can tell you right now, like you guys are the only people in the world who actually care about that. Like I pay people to have those problems go away. I don't want to deal with like how your books are laid out. Like you guys are hilarious. So it's interesting how a lot of their tooling the ideas that they have for tooling and a lot of their points or pain points come down to the accounting side. So it's been kind of interesting to think like, well, you know, maybe, you know, we've been dealing with e-commerce people, but maybe we need to start talking to e-commerce accounting firm and asking them about the problems that they have or the tooling that they're using um, to manage things. Cause maybe there's improvements to be made there. Um, so digging around a little bit. So I've been spending a lot of time kind of across all the different platforms. The three big ones are probably um, Amazon, Shopify, and WooCommerce is also huge. Um, and, you know, like Shopify certainly is what I would, I would call it the premium offering. Like there are so many apps. Holy fuck there are so many apps mark it's crazy <laughs> there's for every problem you could possibly imagine there's five apps like it's right. buck wild how many apps there are so i mean i'm sure like i never thought like oh i'm gonna build a shopify app but i started to think like god damn like this is crazy so um i spent a lot of time looking around trying to understand like are there gaps in the market? But really, for me, the only way you could know that is if you ran a store or you helped people very closely with their stores. So I've been tooling around the idea of maybe I want to start like a Shopify development company or like, you know, like a Shopify um, agency or something like right. that. Um, it's very front end, front end heavy, which is something I don't really know much about, but it'd be, it could be fun uh, to kind of A, strengthen that skill, but also add real value. Because like what I've figured out is that when you start a Shopify store, it certainly seems like you kind of have to have a developer in your back pocket. Um, you install a bunch of apps that you think are going to help you, but then they slow your site down. And like most people who start these stores are not technical. So they need a developer, whether it's to do some custom work or to help them with speed or whatever. And then as the shops increase in size, they rely more and more on developers, which is kind of interesting because it's like kind of antithetical to what Shopify is meant to do right? right like you can start a store and you don't have to learn how to code and it's like okay as soon as you get out of like the jv league and you start selling things like now you need a contractor or you you need a a, a shopify developer so it's very funny how it's it's gone like totally the other way so i've been learning a lot about um the shopify platform uh how apps get built how stores get built that sort of thing um so that's been a lot of fun um that's been yeah really interesting in general WooCommerce is also very interesting um, because it's it's like Shopify except on WordPress, which sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, if you're a listener and you you really like WordPress, that's awesome. I I have a lot of respect for the ecosystem. It's just so scary to think that you could pop in a plugin and then all of a sudden things are conflicting and you need to know is is there something to fix and like what if I have to up version wordpress to get new security features and it breaks all my plugins like god what a scary prospect but it certainly seems like the 
the initial draw of WooCommerce is the price because you can get started for the price of free. Right. Um, and at least with Shopify, you can get started for the price of whatever their lowest tier plan is. And you don't have to install any apps that you don't want to. And you can have a totally functional store. Um, but you want to do one thing different or one thing custom. And then all of a sudden, you've installed five different apps, things are breaking, and you're trying to find a competent developer that you can trust. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, so been looking at a lot of the plugins, trying to understand some of the problems that people are coming up with, which has been a lot of fun. It's cool to put yourself in the shoes of some other people. I can't, it's hard for me to be particularly um, helpful in this space. Like some people will ask like, I don't know, CSS questions or a lot of it is like technological. So there seems to be a lot of fear around the speed of the store. So you have a non-technical person running a store and they say, well, I want to try this app, but I, if it slows the site down, I'll find something else. But I'm scared that if I install the app, it's like uninstalling programs from like Windows 98 or something or Windows NT. It's like, well, I uninstalled the app, but is it really gone? Like, how do really? I, how do I know that like it's not just going to slow my site down and have it be slow forever because it injected some code into my into my theme and now it's all slow, um, which is kind of an interesting problem of like, right. yeah. So, um, and it started a concept of like a sandbox. Like, can you like when you create a, a Shopify store, do you also get like a sandboxed version of it that you can add plugins to and play around with? Doesn't seem like it. So yeah, I, I've been all the, um, all the development that I've been doing hasn't been against a store. It's been against like a sandbox environment that will just feed you back data. So I need to sign up for, uh, for like a dollar a month trial or something and just, you know, do some actual work against it to see what it looks like. Cause yeah, like things like being able to back things up or be able to run experiments like that, like that would be very useful. Right. I'm sure there's 20 of those apps, but maybe not, um, so yeah, so that's been very interesting overall to learn more about the space. Um, it's funny because like with all the research I've been doing, um, my my accountant friends, I'm like, you guys are very strongly positioned to do a lot of good because there's a lot of crazy financial decisions getting made around like filing taxes and knowing when to collect taxes and things like that. People are like, oh, should I be collecting tax? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is the matter with you? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's interesting how little people know about what their obligations are. Um, so, yeah, so I've been like keeping a list of like e-bombs that I think might be interesting to create in some of these areas. So one very interesting thing that I've been digging into is around e-commerce photos. So on a couple of these subreddit and Facebook groups, every now and again, a post will come up and it's like, how do you do product photos? Or what do you, what do you do for product photos? And the range of answers that you get back is crazy. So some people are like, oh, I have like an iPhone 12 and I take a picture and I use this $2.99 app I got from the app store to crop it. And I do this other thing. And then I go to Fiverr and I pay this dude and he does like a six, like a six out of 10 job of like creating this thing. So I have to do this other thing. And it's like, holy shit, like the tool chain that these people have to create e-commerce photos are are hilarious so that's like one answer and another answer would be like oh no there's like a local product photographer that i use so i like go to his studio and i i'm selling barbecues so i like i <laughs> assemble the barbecue or i wheel the barbecue in and we take photos of it and then other people are like oh no i i go with uh 
with like a consultancy, like, you know, it, photos are too important to screw around with. I just go with this consultancy. They do a good job, blah, blah, blah. But um, every person that I've seen and spoken with says, yeah, I, I get the photos done, but then the photos have to be touched up in some way or, you know, six months passes and I need a new type of, of photo. Like an interesting example is a 3D rendering. So um, you get you have a photo and it looks a certain way and then you pass it off to someone who can construct a 3D rendering of it. And like they almost look alien because the way they're lit, like some, something is clearly wrong with the way that they're lit. Um, so like the shadows are off because you're like there's two light sources and the shadow has nothing to do with the light sources. Like, what is this? <laughs> but um, these needs keep coming up where you're like, well, I have one product and my visual needs for it are changing. So they go out to Fiverr and they try to find somebody who can who can do the thing that they need done. And these communities exist. So they're sharing people back and forth. So it'll be like, I found a guy that can do 3D renderings. He did a, he did a good job and they refer that person back and forth. And it's very interesting because that, so for 3D rendering specific with this one case, uh, they won't take on every piece of work. So you'll say like, oh, I have a toothbrush that I want a 3D rendering of. So before you enlist their help on Fiverr, they ask you to chat with them um, to say like, well, what is the product? And it's like, oh, you're selling motor oil. Like, can't help you. Sorry. So really, yeah. So it makes me think like maybe they have some software that they're using that only works for certain objects that look a certain way. Or I'm, I'm not sure, but it seems like they have to be a little bit choosy about the types of things that they're willing to do 3D renders for specifically okay. like they have a catalog of models it, it, and yeah that's it they yeah just through those it could be yeah <laughs> so yeah i found that kind of interesting so i was doing a little bit of brainstorming about this and was thinking oh well you know if i could solve this problem what would a what would a you know a, a perfect solution to this problem be and i was thinking well like if you let's say i had a warehouse where you shipped me your product and i have product photographers on hand with you know, I've got like the the white backdrops and every like the seamless stages, whatever. And I do all your product photos for you. And then they're available on a platform that you log into where you would pay. And then uh, I'm your designer. So you say like, oh, I need 3D renderings. Boom, no problem. Here's the price for everything. It's all fixed price or at least very transparent price. And you get people off of Fiverr. So now it's like you have a one-stop shop for e-commerce images and design. So I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So I did some looking around and like, I'm thinking, you know, like we were talking about before, uh, using your strengths. <laughs> what are your unfair advantages? Like my unfair advantage is certainly not product photography. So already this is like not a good idea. <laughs> but I did some Googling and there is, there's at least one, I'm sure there's a bunch, but there's a company in Chicago that does exactly this. You ship them your product, they'll assemble it for you, and then they'll take photos, high-resolution photos, in a, in a light box from all the di these different angles. They can do 3D reconstructions. They can do all of this stuff. And I laughed to myself and was like, I wonder if, you ca if I can just wrap their service. Like, <laughs> how do they decide how much to charge per product shoot? So I booked a meeting with one of their salespeople, and I'm going to ask him. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it would be kind of interesting to just run it like a, you know, like a ghost kitchen or whatever. Just like, yeah, yeah, put your, put your order in here. And I send customers to this place and they 
Uh, they give me back the photos and I make the photos available. And then there's a chat widget or something. And it's like, what kind of image would you like? And just getting getting people off of Fiverr and then using design pickle or even hiring designers. I don't know anything to see if you can provide a really great service for e-commerce photos. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Like, I don't, it's funny because like the only thing I know about this business is that a, this is a must have, like you have to have photos of your products. Like whether you take them with your iPhone (laughs) or you give them to uh, a place that will do all this for you. Um, it's, it's, it's a must have. Um, and the idea that like stringing a couple of processes together, (laughs) that's the only thing I know about this business. Everything else is just like e-commerce photos. What are those? (laughs) What, what do people want? So yeah, very interesting. Uh, I, I just thought it was a cool little, little problem. So I went pretty deep on it and I had this idea like, oh man, I, I would just like to do this in general. I think this is, this would be very interesting to, uh, I would like to buy like three products, say, off of Amazon and do like a big combination experiment or a big permutation experiment of like, all right, so there's a, let's say one of the products is a mug. I take the, I take a photo of the mug with my phone and then I hire a product photographer to take a picture with the, uh, of the mug. And then I buy a light box off of Amazon and I put the mug in the light box and I take a photo. And then doing all the different combinations of I use this app to do the crop. I, I have this person do the crop and like doing all the different combinations of those things and then seeing the output images and having the reader rank the images. What are the, what are the best images here? And then if you rank them, it reveals how much money was spent to produce each photo. Because it'd be so interesting to know the difference between, because like in quality, I'm sure there's a big difference between like an A minus and an A plus, right? Like I'm right. sure there is, but what's the dollar cost? Right. Like that's, It's a very interesting question. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh man, that would be such a kill. Like that, w- that experiment could take forever to put together and would be expensive. But like what an interesting piece of content that would be. But yeah. Could you... Could you do it just by surveying people? Like, 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 hey, I'm I'm interviewing people on how they they got their photos, right? Like, how did, mm. like what's your process for your photos? And then, <clears throat> I don't know what you offer them in exchange, but mm-hmm. or maybe you offered them a report in the end. Yeah, could be. Do you want to do you want to know how um, how much you spend on your photos? How that compares to mm. to other e-commerce stores? Yeah, that's an interesting idea. So it's like putting your um, put in your data, like how do you do it? And then give me your email and I'll email you, um, the aggregate stats for how exactly. other people do it. Mm. So then, you know, like, are you overspending and maybe you see examples like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's this so price bucket. This is what the image looks like. That's so interesting too. Right? Like, yeah. Cause I, um, I need to spend a little more time looking into some of the consultancies or services that do this. Um, cause there are a few, you know, you ship them the photo or some that come to you. I think the coming to you is probably more important for apparel. Um, apparel right. still feels like a black box to me because like, I think you as a brand, probably the models you choose to wear your clothes or even like, cause I, I've seen, uh, photos of apparel with no person in it. it. It's almost, it almost looks like they Photoshopped it. Like a person was wearing the shirt, but then they Photoshopped the person out. So it's like. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of a strange, 
um yeah it's almost like a balloon or something inside of the uh inside of the shirt okay. but um i think you know even that is a choice like what choices are you making when you present your clothes and the models you choose or going with no model um but yeah like examples would be so useful actually maybe that's a good idea like a giant case study board of this is the image and this is how much it cost me to get that final image yeah because one of the things i one of the other like e-bombs i've been thinking about is there's this interesting semi-new thing that popped up in shopify called object meta fields i think it's called and there was a couple of threads that had really blown up that are like, oh, how are you using these object meta fields? And people are linking their stuff and they're talking about what you can do. And I thought it'd be really neat to have a uh, to have a, a bunch of example sites that are using those object meta fields as like a, I don't know, just like a hall of inspiration of, oh, this is what some people are doing and just showing off some of the some of the work that people have done. Um, yeah. Yeah. I- and the, the goal of these e-bombs, but should we explain what an e-bomb oh, is? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Yeah. So uh, e-bomb is a, is a term from 30 by 500, Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman's class, where they talk about like basically their um, bits of content that you can share with your audience in their watering holes. So your watering holes where your audience gathers and talks on the internet. So for example, there's a Shopify subreddit. Uh, there's people talking in there all all day, all the time about things e-commerce related. And if you come up with a piece of content, you're like, I would like to try this, or I would like people to see the difference um, in object meta field case study or something. And you can drop that e-bomb in that watering and it gives people a chance to see your work and, you know, crawl through your blog. Right. And then that's it. So the goal is to, to get authority in that community. Yeah. As someone resourceful, yep. and then eventually, yeah, and eventually have a product to sell or exactly. a service. To- exactly. Um, yeah. So I've been putting together some ideas for some useful things. It's a little hard because you know because I'm not a seller. There are just there are things I can't help people with. I mean, I know a, I know a bit about PPC, but I would even argue that like even the most junior person who's been doing e-commerce selling for a few months is going to know more about ppc than um but it's an opportunity to learn a little bit more about how they do what they do and and how how they learn how people learn about marketing and what the experienced people do certainly one of the things that i've noticed as well is there's a general complaint on reddit where you know like the andrew tate drop shipping people are like oh like they make these super low effort posts about like how do i sell more via drop shipping lol like it's just like garbage and it sucks because you have a lot of very experienced people in these subreddits and they want to converse with other veterans they want to swap ideas so i was thinking you know i don't like the idea of of um creating a community but what is interesting is the vetting process so if you can come up with a way to vet somebody to know like you're not just like i should take a step back like the the discussion that's happening is how tolerant should we be of beginners like that that's really the meta conversation um because like some beginners really do want to learn other ones don't want to spend any money and aren't willing to take a risk they just they only want to collect on upside so how do you weed out the low effort people and how do you be more inclusive of the people who actually are serious. So I think it would be interesting if there was a community that you spent time to vet, you know, have it be open. But if you want to post there, you have to be vetted by the mods. 
um, and really putting a lot of effort into vetting people, I think could be a really, really useful um, place for people to go and hang out. I think that'd be true of all communities online. If you mm. could do that for all these niches, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I don't know what the secret is to communities. Yeah. Like I've, I've yeah. joined so many and for a while they're good for, then they're bad and mm. they, they become good again. It's like, it depends. The problem of communities is they're made out of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah. How do you vet people? Mm. Yeah. It's tricky because I feel like maybe there are some communities that, you know, it's, you know, I don't know, it's $20 a month to join. And it's the people who see the value who are like, yes, like $20, I'm, I'm in for $20. And the wannabes that don't want to spend any money have no interest in spending that money. So you're just weeding, <laughs> you're just weeding out those people by virtue of charging. Right. But is that the only way to, to create communities like that? I don't know. But that works. But, but then you have the chicken and egg yeah. problem where you, if you charge on day one, like no one's going to join. <laughs> I'm going to pay 20 bucks to be the only person in this yeah, community. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting problem that I encountered because yeah, it, there's nothing more enraging than seeing people who just aren't interested in, in stuff like this. Like there was one anecdotal post, um, but I could really feel this person's pain. Um, there's a lot of like tear my Shopify apart. Uh, posts of like oh here's my store like my conversions are pretty low what do you think and there was one person who was a consultant in this and uh they they posted this they they did a full tear down and that person was like oh my and even that person even dm'd uh the the op dm'd this person who responded and was like oh my god thank you so much this is a ton of value so this consultant said well you know i do this for a living like Let's have a let's have a call about this, and I can make more recommendations. And the o, and OP is like, yes, absolutely. Like, let's do this. Anyway, in the thread, uh, responding to her to to this consultant's, um, I googled the consultant, so it's a her. It'll make it a lot easier if I gender this person. <laughs> um, she she had received a bunch of responses that were like, oh, can you do the same thing for me? So she said, yeah, no problem. Um, I do this professionally, but she said, you know, I'm willing to help the community out. If you book a session with me. I'm not going to ask you to pay me, but I am going to create a quote for you of, of at the end, I'm going to give you a quote. And people said, yeah, no problem. And I think she said 10 out of 10 people ghosted her. No, really? Yeah. She wasn't even charging them for anything. Just wow. straight ghosted. <laughs> yeah. I could tell she was not happy. <laughs> I would yeah. also be not happy. Um but yeah, I mean, it, it speaks to like the people who want free stuff or the low effort people. And yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been, it's been a lot of fun to continue to dig into e-commerce. Um, I'm building a couple of very small like marketing products or like projects with the other two, uh, with the two accountants who work in e-commerce. Um, they're putting together, one of them is putting together a uh, a seminar for like e-commerce finance, kind of like a 101 class and a 102. And I encountered this awesome little, um, it, it looks like the periodic table of elements, like from science class. <laughs> and it was the periodic table of Amazon FBA acronyms. So all, <laughs> all of the element names are all like COGS and like VA and all these things. So I saw it as a, it was just a diagram that I saw. And I was like, oh, you know what? That would actually be really cool for financial terms. And let's, I'll build a little microsite out of it so you can like command F 
and search for strings and you can if you click on one of the elements it'll it'll be bigger and maybe it'll link like if it's a cost calculation maybe it links out to uh, Google Sheet where the cat where the calculation is there or I can think of a million things to make that really nice so I spend a couple hours flexing a few boxes like trying to make trying to make the thing look correct and yeah I'm not a front-end developer so this is very frustrating for me but it's been uh but it's been a lot of fun to just like use my skills for some and, and be helpful um, right so that's cool um yeah so that's kind of like my adventures in e-commerce for these last couple of weeks um I will say one of the big wins that I wanted to share is that uh in my in in everything I've been doing I've just been trying to be more patient um, I've been, you know, when you're not making money, <laughs> turns out you really want to make money. So you're like, how can I put my foot on the floor and like make money? But I'm really cultivating curiosity, which is cool. I'm doing a lot more. Oh, somebody mentions something I don't understand. I'm going to spend more time Google it, Googling it and digging in and what are they doing and why? So, um, I'm really feeling good about that, like cultivation of, of, uh, of curiosity, which is cool. Yeah. Because it, it's amazing what, right. The, the the things you don't know, you don't know. Oh God. Yeah. Right. And then you like, I've never thought about e-commerce photos. Like never. Me either. <laughs> and then you, yeah, you dig a little deeper and you discover that there are problems in that space and mm. there are solutions and yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And that, that is true for like every industry, for everything. <laughs> every little niche. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hoping to find something that's a little more in my, in my wheelhouse. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. No, exactly. But I still think like, yeah, I, I'm going to take this call with this uh, photo company to try to understand things because I think there's a lot of power in, like as a person who buys things, there's a lot of power in putting a price tag on things. Like a lot of people get scared away from the contact sales button. And it could be the innovation in this, whatever this e-commerce photo warehouse thing is is an innovation in pricing of tell us how much it costs. Right. And, you know, you can wrap it in constraints. Maybe it's a size thing. Maybe it's an assembly thing. I don't know. But it would be very funny to ship your stuff off to this company that does a great job of taking photos. And you just have a, you have a team of designers through Design Pickle or you hire contractors and you just farm the workout to them. And they do a great job. And you provide a, a service to, the, to, your, to your customers. I find right. something very interesting about that. So other than that, um, something my wife and I have always talked about is it would be so nice if we had like a, a turnkey way to make money. So like one-offs that don't involve signing contracts or commitments or anything like that. So um, I've been keeping my eye out for opportunities to do that. So uh, there was a post in the MicroConf Slack a while ago of a guy who said, you know, I'm looking for uh, mentorship in Java and Spring Boot. You know, I'm trying to up my skills there. And I was like, well, I've only been doing like Java and Spring Boot for like 12 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> why don't we give that a try? So, uh, so I messaged him and we're having our first session this week. Cool. Yeah. So is he paying you? Or yeah. This is, wow. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do, he gave me access to his repo. So I need to spend some time in the next couple of days to go over it and look for, look for some code smells and talk it over with him. Um, but yeah, like it's a, it's a stack I know super well. I've got lots of experience and yeah, I've got lots I can teach him. I'm sure. Um, but I'm sure his code is excellent. Like if you're going out and looking for mentorship, I'm sure you're doing a great job. Right. 
Uh, you just, yeah, you just, you want that reassurance that you're not yeah. doing a big mistake. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure like, I'm sure there's some things I can help him with, but I'm sure he's doing a great job. Um, so yeah, that kind of came across my plate and I was like, oh, that's great. You know, it would be nice to make a, a few hundred dollars just for, right. you know, just some one-off stuff. So the other thing that I'm doing as a one-off event is, uh, I'm holding a wine tasting event. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know this about me, but like, I drink like quite a lot of wine. I know, I know like more than your average bear about wine. Uh, this, this is one of my, um, one of my like pandemic hobbies that I picked up. <laughs> I, I took a lot of courses and I learned a lot about wine and just, yeah, after drinking enough wine, like I know I can pick apart bottles and know, like, you know, liquor stores don't scare me. I can go in and say like, okay, you know, this is from this region. It has these kinds of grapes in it. This is what you can expect, that sort of thing. So um, my wife and I were talking about it and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do this. So I'm holding a wine event here at the co-working space that I work out of cool yeah they have a liquor license here and the founder's awesome so she was like yeah like you for the first one we won't charge you um because normally they charge per hour for the um for the space so she was like yeah for the first one we won't charge you we'll just see if people sign up and we'll give it a rip and yeah so came up with a plan i started an eventbrite page i've yeah i'm taking sales i just starting today uh I, I have some promotional material like posted up around the office and i'm promoting it on the internal slack and wow, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Talk about hustling. Gotta make that money, baby. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I ran all the numbers on it. And because they're not charging us for the venue, uh, it you know, I can run the event for super cheap. Like if I think okay. if four people show up, I can I'll break even. So that's okay. That's fantastic. Um and like I know I have enough friends <laughs> at the at this space that I can beg them to come and they'll they'll okay. show up. All right. Um yeah, so I've got it all. I've got it all planned out. We, um, I've, uh, my wife and I were going over, like, you know, okay, what do we want to present and how, and you know, different anecdotes and really, like, you know, because the goal here is to, um, is to th- is to think about like the the most basic elements of wine, like beginning to understand like what contributes to body, and like covering. I'm really trying to get away from blends for the first one, so that you can really get a sense of like. You know, Italy is a great example because here we, you know, if you weren't, if you don't know about wine, here you go. But in, uh, in Italy, like the Sangiovese grape is super important to, because it's, it's the majority of most of the wine that's there. So I picked a wine that's like, it's a Chianto, Chianti Classico. So it's, it has a higher, um, it has a higher num- amount of Sangiovese than most other wines from the region. So it exhibits the, the traits of the Sangiovese grape even more so. So it's like super tannic. So for me, it's like understanding what tannin, like the goal here is, yes, we're going to understand Italian wine a little bit, but understanding tannin alone without other supporting like sweetness, for example. Okay. Versus something like a California cab that has, that's much more full bodied. Certainly it has less tannins, but it does have tannins and understanding like actually tannins contribute to the body of the wine in a totally different way. Um, so yeah, just trying to like, this is, I, I called it, um, like wine time with no snobbery of just like, (laughs) we're just sitting down here. We're just trying to learn the absolute basics. So yeah. So that's going to happen next week, next Thursday. Damn. You're going to be competing with Gary V soon. Fuck, bring it on, Gary. <laughs> Rivalry, I, let's I, go. I love this idea of these these small one-offs. Mm. 
Right. I mean, they, they serve a immediate purpose of yeah. making money, but they also require you to like to think of what's the value you're providing and mm-hmm. how you're going to market it. And, and who knows also like to, they might lead to something else, right? Totally. Like, or, or more wine tasting events. And, yeah. Well, the nice thing is this one, you know, it doesn't make a tremendous amount of money because like, you know, thinking about the economics of the event, you want to sell, um, so legally there is a definition of a tasting because I can't give four glasses of wine to people. They'll be absolutely drunk. Like it'll be a mess. So when you do wine tastings in BC, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a legal definition of how much goes into a tasting. And then, uh, and I like, I have to take a certification and stuff like that. But the economics of the event are very simple in that every wine bottle holds 12 and a half tastings in it, but that doesn't leave a lot of room for error. So really you want, like, if you're going to do two ounce tastings, you really don't want more than 10 tastings per bottle to give yourself margin of error. Um, so that's like a maxed out bottle. So if you were going to have 14 people, then you're not making as much money because you have to open another bottle and that eats into your costs. So it's, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, so yeah, so, um, we want, I wanted to keep it small and just, yeah, something, yeah, like right where I was going with this was, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm losing money on the first one just in terms of my own time because like I'm putting together marketing material and like it took us a while to decide on the wines that we wanted to include because if it's popular, I mean, God, I hope it's popular. Then we'll do like this would be the 101 and then we'll do maybe a 102 for another set of reds and whites. And I could like uh, we could take it to like a 104. There's lots of different ways we could take it. Um, okay. But yeah, like I've got if, if there are people who are interested in wine here, I'd love to get people together and, and keep doing it. But yeah. But yeah, it's awesome. Now I've got a design. So even when we get back to Montreal, this is something that I can do. Because yeah, now I've got the promotional material. I've got all the profiles. I've got the wines that I would pick. And we just have to run it again. Yeah, except we have no idea what the laws are here. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody come over to my place. I'm not charging sales tax. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I'm out there. I'm hustling. That's great. Yeah, I love it. It's like it. Serves an immediate purpose. It might lead to other things. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for the next two weeks, goals are uh, continue down the e-commerce route. Um, I can tell that I'm feeling a little bit of fear about putting out content or things like that. So, um, you know, I've been reading a lot about these communities for a while. There kind of needs to be something that I can put out there or I need to be helpful in some way. Um, so I am going to launch this like little microsite of all of the acronyms. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, but I need to find a way to, uh, to be helpful to these communities as well as, um, you know, read about what they're up to and that sort of, yeah. So yeah, that, yeah, already I can tell, even just saying that out loud, I can tell that that's not very clear. That's not very actionable. Um, I need to spend a little bit more time planning about what I want to do. Or what, what needs to happen next for these communities. Or if I need to um, start looking at other things. Or, yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah, because right now I'm still trying to... I'm working on the working backwards thing. But that only works as, insofar as you have a plan for where you're trying to go. And with e-commerce, it's been understand the audience and see if there are needs. But what does it take to understand a need? So, like, I've considered building a Shopify store. But is that just a pet project or is it getting me closer to something? I'm not really sure. And I don't know that you can know. That might be one of those experiments where you just have to do it and see. Right. I mean, it's still serving your curiosity. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. That's, that's where I'm at. That's great. I don't have 
an update. Well, you were you were on vacation. <laughs> I feel like I'm fresh off the plane. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much are. So yeah, but uh, yeah, next in two weeks I'll definitely have some some updates. Cool, no pressure. Sounds good. Should we call it there? Sure. Sounds good. All right, man. We'll catch up again in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, uh, I'll let you know how the wine event goes. Yeah, seriously. If it was in Montreal, I would definitely go. Yeah, seriously. Well, soon, someday I'll be back. Can we record it and <laughs> totally <laughs> and make yeah. it an episode? <laughs> Absolutely. Hell yeah. Are you kidding? The drunk episode. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I definitely had one of those. <laughs> I'm not going to say what number it was, but I was definitely in Portugal when that was happening. <laughs> Whew, yeah. I'm scared to go back and listen to it. I'm sure I was slurring my words. <laughs> I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, I will catch you in a couple weeks then. Awesome. All right, man. See ya. Catch you later.